the Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Okay. Good morning. Steve Dangle wrapped up his final video for Sportsnet. Uh, when's that drop? I don't know. Actually, today, I hope. Yeah? Yeah, wow. that's it. How's it feel? It's the the Dangit Awards. Uh, we do the biggest the dangits of the of the weir, of the year. Uh, the Dangies, the Dangit Awards. I don't know what we're calling it. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure you got lots of time to figure that out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, no, nah, that's producer Nick's problem. With now. only days left. That's this his problem now. No. Um. Yeah, it feels weird. It feels weird. Nine years. We made a lot of good shit. Yeah. There. Um. But I want to dedicate myself full time to this. That's why you're wearing the jersey. That's why I'm wearing the jersey. Love that. Gosh darn it. It's, it's a handsome jersey. Mm. Is ice surfing still your bas- biggest success over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> like, just, I'm asking. Do you want to start ice surfing at uh, SDPN? My biggest success. Probably trade trees. Ice surfing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Dang it's, dang it's and Hapix did extremely well. Mm. And trade trees did as well. But dang it's were more popular and regular than trade trees so i'd say probably dang it's like that regularly hit six digits yeah every week that's pretty good yeah dang was great it was yeah you don't know what you got to Adam, we should definitely bring over ice surfing well how here's the thing how do you do ice surfing without the the rights to the to the game i've said it before we get steve to recreate the place oh we just have so steve live <laughs> live, and then it was live like, oh, while the games are happening you and i will host ice i like surfing, that i like and it. then when we cut to the games it'll be steve at whatever moss park arena i like that we'll have a camera set up there and we'll be like oh Jesper Bratt scored, yep. Yep. and then Steve's got to go score. Dude, yep. <laughs> I just sharpened my skates for the first time in God knows how long and forgot how to skate entirely. Entirely. Which will make it more fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Maybe you're right. My greatest success. <laughs> now, no, Jesse. I, I got to host uh, Tim and Sid with Sid, and I had chicken fingers with him. I think mm-hmm. eating chicken finger. I, I said the day it happened. Eating chicken fingers with Sid Sixero is like smoking a blunt with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And, yeah. Because uh, he eats those every day, doesn't he? Eat the Rogers Cafeteria chicken fingers. Are they good? I can't even remember. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty f- good. The Rogers Cafeteria is one of the best cafeterias in the world. Yeah? It's fantastic. I haven't been down there. I mean, I, even when I was working there. At I, OMP? The OMP one I never <laughs> went to. I, I went to... Um, I went to the Jarvis. Remember they had the coffee, the little coffee house once they did the Renos at Jarvis? And uh, we, Jesse and I would have, uh, I had like a little coffee card and you could go, this is all within the Rogers building. You could yeah. go over to the coffee woman and she was from, I think, Argentina and we'd always have a chat about. Uh, and you get your stamp and if you get six stamps, your next coffee's free. That's right. Yeah. And they had a really nice like French vanilla coffee yeah. that was so and good. Talk about the, the rule, the hack what was that, that we all discovered. You could bring your own mug. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. you're good. So we, yes, that's we, right. We started just getting giant ass mugs. That's right. Here's my you know, big gulp. Like, you know, like when you go on a trip to Mexico and you get the giant thing yeah, and you fill yeah. it up with margaritas, like that's what you bring. You get your coffee in there. And cool. the coffee was only like $1.50 or something. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. we set it into a mic, so it's going to be. Big. I don't know. It still works over there. but No, it's been six years since I've been in that building. I have no idea how it works there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it still works that way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right by the big picture. She get one of those Swift? those big sta- they call them Stanley cups, but the you know the Stanley water things from uh, yeah. TikTok. Yeah. By the way, when I was um, when I was still doing Virgin Radio, Jack's bought one of those Stanley things, and she hauled it with her everywhere. And it's so impractical, right? Like it's it's like it's like this big, and you're like. And she's like carrying it around with her. I'm like, you can't even put that in your bag. Like, it's so they effing don't fit big. A cup holders. They don't fit, they're, they're useless. They're, they're absolutely pointless. And Jax is like, I drink six of these a day. And a doctor, <laughs> what? a doctor called in and said, I know what you're talking about. And you need to cut that by more than half. That is way yeah, too much. You're going to drown water. yourself. Yeah. Uh, That's like, I think, six full liters of water a day or something like yeah, that. Like or, a guy my size shouldn't even be having no. that. No, no, no. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Like when they say six of water in the day, they talk. They're talking about glasses of water. No, water's great. Don't get me wrong on the water. But like drinking the an entire lake every day is not good for you. Like it's entire just straight lake. up. There's like eight to ten glasses or something. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, OK, so listen, uh, before, you know, as an opening segment, and I think this is only fair, I think we needed an update on the, the biggest news story on SDP this week which is Baby Gronk. There's an update. God. Jesse, um, I just want to do a couple of these because it's a major update, guys. Okay. Yeah, if you remember from Monday's episode, Baby Gronk had committed to LSU. Now, he's 10 years old. He's averaging 300 yards a game and five touchdowns in his little league football. Um, and he's dating, apparently, somebody named Livy Dunn, who is a TikToker. Adult! Uh, from, from She's an adult! Louisiana State. <laughs> She's a legal voting adult. And he's the Riz King because he rizzed her up. Now, um, there's been an update to the story, a couple of them, in fact. And it looks as though the relationship is on the rocks, Steve. Oh. Because baby Gronk, apparently, the whole relationship is predicated on him going to LSU, right? Well, apparently, he he cheated on her. She's not happy about it. Go ahead, Jesse. Baby Gronk cheated on Livy Dunn. Baby Gronk, aka the new Riz King, is the number one college football prospect in the country and was committed to LSU. But recently, he's been seen on recruiting visits all across the nation. He's even met with Nick Saban and Deion Sanders. Livy is not happy about this. She might even get back together with the Drip King. Do you think Livy will stay with Baby Gronk or get back with the Drip King? Now, we don't know. We don't know who the Drip King is. He does make appearances in these videos, but we're not 100% sure who the Drip King is and what Livy's history with the Drip King are. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> now, I want you to know something. We Steve. have strayed too far from God. Uh, on Monday's show, we talked about <laughs> what, this what in, in full. And the account, the guy that you just saw there... His name is Hoopify, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, several of our listeners sent him our podcast, and he responded and said it was hilarious. And so I was trying to get him a, to do a video featuring Steve Dangle as the Riz God, but he would not. He said, oh. I'll, I'll see if I, what I can do tomorrow, and he just never followed up. Oh, because we're way too small time for him. He's oh, a, we're way too small time for him. I've never heard way of him. Way too small time. Which means he has... 76 million followers he's the 150,000 right now 150,000 on tiktok wow that's it uh i know it's crazy now there is there is another follow-up here because baby no there isn't baby gronk doesn't need baby gronk could be in trouble guys because of of some family members okay right because here's the thing baby gronk's 10 years old probably hasn't gone through puberty yet you know and you got to be big to play football you got to be huge to play football Mm -hmm. what could hold baby gronk back and i've just texted jesse the video uh, Jesse, when you get the chance, we'd love for you to line it up. What, what do you think it is, 
Uh, what do you it, think? His dad who brings him on podcasts and feeds him answers. That is a weird ass video, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a weird ass video. Yeah, weird's a Maybe Gronk might exploitive might be another word. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Uh here we go. Monstrous. Here we go. <laughs> This is the update. This is the update. How baby Gronk, you know, maybe all this is for nothing. Mm. Maybe we're looking at the 2030 draft too early here, guys. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You make the call. Baby Gronk might be screwed. Baby Gronk's dad is only 5'8", meaning that Baby Gronk will only grow to be 5'6", the same height as his girlfriend, Livy Dunn. There have only been six NFL players who have been 5'6 or shorter, meaning the odds aren't in Baby Gronk's favor. If he doesn't make the NFL, at least he's already made $100,000 in NIL money, and he's on track to become a millionaire. Do you think Baby Gronk will beat the odds and make the NFL? Hoopify made a great point. <laughs> Wait, this is a child, and we don't know if they're gonna play in the NFL. Also, why do we know? Why do we? Why do we know that if his dad is five eight, that he will for sure be five six? Because Hoopify said so. Like He's I'm the, the star same, of I'm, the world. I'm the same height as my dad. What are you? Your dad's tall, Jesse. How tall is your dad? Uh, my dad's like six one, and you're six four. Yeah. Yeah. Something. So maybe baby Gronk is gonna be five. No, five I 11. trust Hoopify and his knowledge of. The, the body. Steve, what about you? <laughs> I'm so close to leaving. <laughs> hey, I'm you st- can't leave both jobs in one week. Oh, shit. <laughs> you're you gotta right. Have now, where are you oh, going to go? No. Now we've got you. Here. Now we got you. Go? <laughs> <laughs> I can bring up all the baby Gronk shit I want. You can't run. I'm going to go work for Hoopify. <laughs> baby Gronk? And I'll be like, Gronk. Adam Wilde? Forces his coworkers to do videos about things he doesn't understand. Yeah, that's true. You know what, Adam? This is torture. This, this I'm is sorry. torture. This you're putting me through multiple baby Gronk videos, and this is a day after spending six hours with you in a truck. I thought that was fun. Hey, by the way, we have secured the kayak. We yeah. got him. <laughs> before before we do all that, uh huh. I have something to bring to the table for Oopify. Oh. oh, you do? Yes. I've oh, what do you got? What do you got? I've never truly known happiness. Because we I've do just, indeed have the answer I need to, I, as I, to I, whether or not Steve Dangle is the Riz King. I, ne- I want to go to sleep. I want to bury my Hoopify responded. Is Wait. Steve Dangle the Riz King? Oh, my sources. <laughs> what? I thought he didn't do it. No. Are you no. ready? You heard it. No way. He asked the question that is the team. Ah! Now, ladies and gentlemen. You heard Hoopify. He said, is Steve Dangle the Riz King? What do you think he says? No. (laughs) Steve Dangle is actually a 35-year-old man with an entire basement full of toys he nailed to the wall. Oh, my God. Here we go. Hoopify responded. Let's go, Hoopify. Here we go. Is Steve Dangle the Riz King? My sources are telling me no, because he's a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs and they can't Riz their way out of the second round of the playoffs. Is Steve Dangle the Riz King? I love it. I love it. Oh my God. Man, Hoopify, big shout out to you. That's awesome. I can't believe this you did that. This is worse than the Marshan tweet. Oh, this is. I'll never. 
financially, this is emotionally, incredible. physically recover from this. See, or Jesse, did you contact him? How did this come? No, no, he just responded to the the tweet when uh, which, which oh uh, I missed it. Oh, he responded to me and I missed it. So uh, yeah, Lucas L L J D O nine eight podcast listener. Uh, they asked. Uh, they sent it. They tagged him, and then he responded, and then you responded, and then he responded with a video. Man, big shit! That guy's got a good sense of humor. Like <laughs> one more time, really funny. One more time. <laughs> Is Steve Dangle the Riz King? My sources are telling me no because he's a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs and they can't Riz their way out of the second round of the playoffs. Is Steve Dangle the Riz King? Actually, my wife, who just learned what that word means, said I'm the Riz God. All right. Oh, man. They can't Riz their way out of the second round of the playoffs. Oh, that's so nicely done. Nicely done, hoops. Nicely oh my done. God. God, that's funny. Oh. Yeah. My God. Maybe I think I figured out why uh, the Leafs can't make it out of the second round. What? Is, what? Is, what is it? What could it be? Sheldon Keefe. Remember that big rousing speech in Game Six overtime uh, against Montreal? Yes, I do. What if he was like, Mitchie, Austin, Himes, you're getting dominated. Dominated. Go out there and show them this is the time. This is. Now, go out and do it. Like, what? What if he said it? Like, I yeah. think I think they would. Listen, they're Gen Z man, or at least two of them are. I think that they would be able to jump on that. By the way, the whole generation thing is fucked. What do you mean? Well, so I was trying to figure out what generation Leo is. Mm -hmm. My son, he's not even three. I don't think they've named it yet, have they? It's generation. Oh, have they? Oh, 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 oh. a certain segment a very shitty Twitter is going to love the name of the next generation. What is it? Well, Gen Z, soft, bunch of snowflakes. So that means the next generation has to be called Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha. <laughs> I hope it's followed up by Gen Giga. But, or Gen, yeah. <laughs> but Gen Z is something like 23 years old. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. To eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything in common with an eight-year-old? No, but it's not about. It's just about the generations. It's not that deep. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Absolutely <laughs> that. Deep. I don't know if it's that deep. That means that Ron Hainsey, a noted millennial, yes, is in the same generation as someone who's like 24, 25. No, because he's a millennial, right? Yeah, Hainsey, yeah. But Hainsey's someone who's twenty four or twenty five is a millennial. No, they're not. No, no, no. no, no. Look it up. Look at the game okay, tape. Okay, millennial. Look it up. It's also not that deep. It's fine. Millennial. <laughs> Jesse. It is that deep. I know for a fact uh, from here on out that you are not a Riz King. Yeah. So. So. But I, no, I'm, I know I'm not a Riz King. I'm a Riz God. And what's a king to a god? Non-believer. So a millennial, somebody uh, born uh, between the 80s and the late 90s. And I, I'm, I'm waiting on the actual number, but I believe it's 81 to 1996. So anybody who's a millennial now is in their 30s. So Connor uh, McDavid almost. is cut off for... Yes, yeah, is, is Connor McDavid a 96? No, he's a 97. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's a number, Adam. He's Gen Z. So he's Gen Z. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Man. He's got big <laughs> boomer energy, though. Who, McDavid? Uh, yeah, I was going to say You think he's millennial? got boomer energy? No, oh, he's yeah. Got, oh, yeah, he's got boomer energy. Did you see... He I was, doesn't he, have time for this shit. He was on... Uh, he, was, he was doing some... some some traveling 
so I follow him on Instagram and he was posting pictures of him traveling and doing some climbing and it was Where'd like wow i don't know you know those like weird those beautiful looking caves that all have i don't know we could throw up his instagram i don't I even had, know where the hell I it is but it's in Utah. the states like arizona yeah it's one of those like it's like one of those where the dirt's orange and it's like oh, it, prince yeah. edward island yeah that too it's very um, good for him. hold on i'm gonna see, arizona's um, got a lot of red rock yeah connor mick try cow's ice cream while you're there connor it's delicious okay so he is at big water utah which, Utah, which is that you know the caves with the big swirly things on? The, am I describing that properly? You you can't fool me. That's no, that's a Halo mission. It does look like that, doesn't it? Mm. It's so that's a very specific mission from Halo Reach, or when you have to get James LinkedIn with Sadie Adler in the epilogue of Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay. Yes. There you go. I don't know what. The- by the way, when I uh, when we secured the kayak yesterday, which no, took you're not. all of six hours to drive uh, to go and get that thing, I dropped Steve off. And I was like, what are you going to do the rest of the day? He's like, bah, probably play Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> and then... And then no, no. <laughs> what I said was, I've been told to mow the lawn by my wife, which mm-hmm. means I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption for a little while and then go, boom, fuck, and... <laughs> Mow it in haste. That's uh, exactly what we should talk about. Why we got the kayak? Oh yeah. Um, yeah so we we've reached our goal on uh, for our virtual 5K. Thank you, everyone, so much, um, Matty. If you want to throw it up on the screen, we had a goal of twenty five hundred dollars, and we raised three thousand three hundred and seventy dollars. Whoa! We passed the goal. That's amazing. Yeah. So that'll go to the Get Real Movement and Rainbow Railroad. We're still accepting donations up until next Friday, so a week from today. That's when we're going to be posting the video of our virtual 5K, and Steve has pledged to do it in his kayak, so we will get him into the water, and you're going to do, I don't know, a K and a half in it, and then Adam's going to do... I'll do the 5K do, if you need me to. No, but we should. We all need to contribute. We all have to contribute our 5K. Let's, let's do 10K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could each do 5, we'll do 15K. Ooh. Um, Adam, I think you are going to do your devil's outfit. Uh, I am. I, I am. We're gonna have still you. trying to find it, but I, I am. You're, what do you mean you gotta find it? I think it's. I think it's here, but like I had a bunch of boxes. I moved right, so oh, okay. that's the problem. It's probably here. It is amongst here. the jerseys. I don't know. I think so. But, um, yes. but I think it'll be hilarious when you're running along the beach. Yes, and so we're I'm gonna have you run in the sand. Can I get? Can I somehow <laughs> get that on TikTok with the Baywatch theme song yes. too? Yes, because that's the only place we. Can, yeah. No, that's not the Baywatch. No, I know, but that's what it should be. Oh no. No, no. Inspir- da, 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 yeah, I, I want to be running and I want that the, that weird Baywatch thing that they always carried with them. And I never understood what that did. That plastic thing. It was. Uh, Is this supposed to be like a life? Yeah, like helps them swim. OK, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know. A guy my size would sink that that shit. There's no way. Yeah, well, no, it's, you and David Hasselhoff, same upper. That, absolutely. Same hairy chest. That's for mm. sure. So, yeah, really excited about that. And obviously we'll be shooting it. And I can't wait for the HMCS. I believe it's called HMCS. Fuck Adam. Yes, it is. Uh, so that that will make its maiden voyage. I don't think anyone's ever used it. I, uh, you know, fuck you. <laughs> no one's ever used the kayak. I that's not true. I've used that kayak many times. When did you oh, use okay. it? Oh, you many oh. times. You better power wash it mm-hmm. so I can eat off it. OK, OK. Okay. <laughs> Get into the action all summer long. Listen to that. Summer. Woo. The season's over. The, the NHL season's over. The NBA season's over. But there's still lots happening in sports interaction, including we got the draft coming up. We got free agency coming up for both of those sports, plus tennis, golf, whatever it is you're into, baseball, 
all happening right now at sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. You can bet on those things. You can bet on free agency and draft. Exactly. And we're going to actually have throw a bunch of props up in the Dangles Doozy section as well. Um, and I'll remember, everything's uh, you can do before games, live and play all summer long. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN or download the app to get started. It's 19 plus. Please play responsibly. So on the CJ show yesterday, about minute 26, we had um, a lot of Treliving, Matthews, and some Nylander news. And I thought the Nylander stuff was the most fascinating. It's Although show, the, it was. It was thick. Thick. Dummy thick. Um, and you know what? The Matthews stuff seems to be getting a lot of play online. And that's partially because of Travis Yost and myself. Because uh, I retweeted something he said. So we'll talk about that in a bit. And what Matthews extension may, may or may not look like. But if you're not paying attention to the CJ show, you should be. William Nylander's number is going to start with a nine. And that to me is one of them. That's going to be a really interesting extension because it's one of those extensions that I believe will go eight years. And CJ said, if you go the full eight with Willie, maybe you can get that number underneath nine because that's a gigantic commitment. Mm -hmm. And not that the player is not worth it, but you would actually probably at the end of it, save a lot of money. Um, And I don't hate William Nylander at eight million right now or eight something. It's well, it's not a massive raise. Like in my head, I'm like, oh man, but he makes six mil. Six point nine. Yeah. He makes seven. He yeah, he essentially makes seven. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not a massive raise. Um, I know his game has warts, but he's shown consistent development. Um, his playmaking's gotten better. He his defense has gotten better. Yep. It's not perfect, yep. but it's gotten better. He's Really good at picking guys off at the offensive blue line in the neutral zone. His goal scoring has improved leaps and bounds. He's bigger. He's stronger. Again, again, it comes back to it doesn't matter what these guys get in a vacuum. Um, The core four hasn't worked Mm -hmm. at a cheaper number. So you're going to get, like Matthews, it sounds very likely he's going to get an extension. And with that extension will come a raise. And Nylander, sounds like he's going to get an extension. And with that extension comes a raise. So you eat into that new cap space real quick, right? Like, yeah, yeah oh man, the cap's going to go up. The cap's going to go. Yeah, and it's going to get eaten. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, and I and I hear that. Um, but Where I also- is this big jump coming from is my question. What do you mean? The big jump in the cap. Like, where is it coming from? How many times do I uh, need to explain that to you, my friend? It's hockey-related revenues. Yeah, I... They I, have to explain... So what? here's I, what happened. Here's I, what happened. I don't believe this... I. Why would I not think anything other... Or why would I think anything other than this full-of-shit league is full of shit? Uh, it's, it's a math equation, though. It is. It is. And the uh, reason that it's not going up this year, and you know this... I'm not drinking ...is because... No, no, Steve, that, it's no. a literal math equation. Yeah. And the math equation is 50-50, but the players borrowed against their future to keep their salaries the same in 2020 when the, when the, uh, and 2021, I guess, when no fans could be in the seats and they weren't making the same money. So they're paying the owners back over the course of, they said it was going to take up to six years. It's less than three and they're about 50 to 70 million. And the players association saying, listen, we haven't even calculated everything yet. Neither have the owners. We could be paid off at this point. We just don't know. There are estimates out there, but we just don't know. The reality of the situation is 
everybody, the owners and the players and the league do want the cap to go up because it means the players are making more. Therefore, the owners are making more because the revenue is higher and the commissioner looks better. And we know from behind the scenes that the major teams are pushing Gary on raising the cap this year. But Gary's trying to extract something from the NHLPA. That's what's happening right now. Always. And the PA is going to be when like, is, the PA is going to say, no, we're not going to do that. When does he leave them alone? Regardless of if the cap went up, because it's going to go up a million dollars in October. Yes. It's going to be one or 1.5. It's going to be pennies. But even if next year it goes up four or five, I think the point that Steve is making, which I think is the correct point, is you can't have a roster with Austin Matthews making 13 uh, 34, because he's going to put that in there. He's going to make 13, 34. <laughs> now you're just trying to trigger William him. Nylander making 888, because that's what it's going to be, because that's his number. Mitch Marner still making the 10.9, and John Tavares making $11 million, and expect to win, because that's just too much money, regardless of if you have $4 million extra. That's still too much to pay four players, and then also fill out the rest of your roster with a competitive team. Here's another way to look at it. If you sign those extensions, the cap goes up for everything uh, for everybody else, but it remains flat for you. Because you've already spent that money on these four guys, and then you're in the you spend same it on what? situation that you were in for the last Hey, but we're, we're putting the cart before the horse here. I'd like to at least talk about the two extensions and what they could look like. Okay. Right? That's where I, I do want to take this there first. William Nylander in a vacuum at eight and a half to nine million dollars. Who's upset? Anybody here? In a vacuum, it's fine. I think that's what he's yeah, worth. He's gonna he well, might score a hundred points next year. The I number so. CJ did say was nine seven five. Nine seven five? That's fucking high. That is really high. Um he, but that's no, that's where he's starting. Yeah. That's negotiation. He tactics. can he can start there, but I tell you what, this negotiation better go better than the last one. You're well, not, I think you got a different guy in you're there. You're not a quarter million shy of Jack Eichel. Well, and, and that's I, I agree with that completely. I think it will go differently this time. You have a different guy. Uh, and this is the thing about the core four not being moved is if the extensions can't get done, they're getting moved. You can't you can't hold William Nylander for an entire year and then lose him a la Johnny Gaudreau. And I think Brad Treliving knows a lot about that, uh, has experienced that directly, doesn't want to be in that position again. Um, so so William Nylander starting at nine, seven, five or whatever, to me, is just a starting point. It's like when Mitch Marner signed his contract, there were numbers out there like in the 14 millions, like, you know, well, go eat shit. Like, no way is that going to happen. Let me ask this question. What would you rather have? William Nylander at nine, seven, five or Marner at ten, nine? Uh, I, I, I think that I think nine, seven, five isn't going to happen, though. Not here, anyway. It's just a rhetorical question. That's a really good one. I don't know. Or a hypothetical question. I mean, uh, it, it depends on how much money, because that would be, what, a million spread or a million, two million spread, right? Two million difference between one. the two numbers. So how much is one, that extra? One. It's one million. Yeah. Just over one million. One point yeah. two million. So is 20 extra points worth... Um, is 20, 20 extra, extra po points and far superior defense. Far. Then yeah, well that's why I don't think you're gonna have Willie at that number. I hope I, I hope not. Yeah, no, I hope not. I I mean CJ did say it was you know you get him to the eight years it comes down below nine. I don't uh, mind that. Ideally, significantly significantly below nine. And and here's where the Leafs can can leverage things because they can pay a bunch of these guys like they have done up front, pay most of the money in the first four years. Contract becomes completely tradable. And by the way, if Nylander signs on or about nine million bucks. I still think he's 
the most tradable of the four four best players on this team. Mm, yeah. It's, yeah, but you don't want to sign guys to trade them. Like they should definitely build in that option because you never know how things are going to go. That's but my if, point. If if the Leafs are signing William Elander, be like, all right, if in year four this thing isn't working out, then we can trade him. Then it's been a failure along those four years. Then we know things didn't go well. If we have the crystal ball into the future and they're trading him, do you see what we mean? No, not yet. No, no, because we haven't even discussed Austin Matthews. All right, let's let's so thirteen thirty four. People are pissed already this morning at the idea, and and CJ's been talking about this. A few other shows have been talking about it too. The fact that this eight year contract that everybody thinks is just going to materialize, um, that he's going to sign this because he likes playing in Toronto and because he likes the fans, and I I think that he likes playing in Toronto. I think that he likes the fans. I also think that Austin Matthews is kind of a different animal. Like you, people are like Nathan McKinnon signed for eight years. Is Nathan McKinnon Austin Matthews? Are they personality wise anywhere close to each other? Doesn't he also make twelve point six? Yeah, he makes. He's the highest paid player in the league. Won a cup. Won a cup. Better playoff performer. No question. Like zero question. Zero question. Zero. You could say better player. You could just say better player. You could. And I think most people would, wouldn't they? At least so far. I'm curious what the argument is against it. So I guess the only argument is Austin's younger and you're betting on him to get better. He ain't that much younger. So the the question I have is three year deal, it seems to be what it's gonna be. Fuck off. If it could be three to five, <laughs> but my bet is three years because if you're Austin, uh and I and I sympathize with this, why wouldn't you take a bet on yourself, make thirteen and a half, whatever it's gonna be? Because that's where it's yeah. supposed to be, right? It's supposed to land in there. You're giving up UFA years because this extension yeah. wouldn't even kick in until the end of this coming season. Right. And you're giving up UFA years. When the cap is due to go up, the estimates, conservative estimates, are about 10 to $15 million each of the next, in the next three years. And I believe it. I'm not like Steve. I actually believe that the cap is going up because here's the thing. The owners even want it. Now, the, the other problem here is that, um, you know, you, you sign the three-year deal, but you piss off a good portion of the fan base who think magically that you're just going to sign for eight years because that's a hockey thing. Well, you sign for eight years. And it's going to be... Because here's the problem. Matthews at eight years could cost you 17 million bucks a year. 15 million conservatively. Because you're buying into seven... No, Eight years of unrestricted free agency, potentially. You can't, you can't do that right now. What's the max of a salary cap? Uh, I think it's 17, isn't it? Is it 17? Yeah, it's like it's it's 20% of the salary cap. Here's Brad for Living's job. And it's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're heading into this season with an unbelievable amount of question marks for the Leafs. Yes. They're losing a big chunk of this team. Yep. Like a wild chunk of this team, and the core is staying together. We've seen that before, though. Yep. We've seen a big chunk of the team turn over, mm-hmm. and the core stays together, and they do what? They continue. They continue to what? Uh, make Win the less than half of the Make the playoffs to make the sta- to in the January each year. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Do not care. Shove... At a 111-point season, uh, wherever the fuck you want to. I do not give a shit. 
I don't give a sh- I don't even give a shit about home ice advantage in the playoffs, dude. I don't care. Because why should I? Why should I give a damn about the regular season success of this team? I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. The answer overwhelmingly is over the last few years, we've learned you shouldn't care about, oh, great. They clinched home ice advantage. Gives a fuck. Who gives a fuck? They won one playoff game at home this year. One. And this was their greatest playoff success since 2004. Fuck my life. That's horrible. That's miserable. So Brad Treliving's job is to get fans excited about what? Because right now the answer is the same shit. I'm supposed to be excited about that. It's June and I keep trying to picture next year and it's cloudy, right? It's mm-hmm. it's difficult to envision because there's going to be so many different players and there's so many question marks and so many unknowns. But uh, I don't know how you succeed this season beyond luck. Dumb luck. Like, is what's the theory? Is the theory that this core is so good that one year you're going to run into a team who you genuinely beat in round one and you're going to get a hot goalie on your side in round two and in round three, they're going to be missing their star player and in round four, the other team is too banged up to compete. What, what, what about you build the best team possible? What about you build the best team that you can? You build genuinely the best team. So how are they not doing that by trying to re-sign these players? Because we know that this core is not qualified for this. Unless we try it again and they do. Like, here's the thing. I will not... They, all these clips last on the internet forever, right? So if they win the Stanley Cup, oh, Steve, you fucking idiot. Dude. That's they, what you want. You want to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> the, yeah, that's the best way to get exposure is to be wrong constantly. But, <laughs> dude, they ran it back again and again and again and again and again. And if it sounds like I said again a lot, I'm only holding up five fingers. They did it more than that. They did it more than that. Why should I believe? Like, we, no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Maybe this core gets it done. Maybe, hey, hooray. Maybe they get it done. But there's no reason to believe that. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, I, do, I, I, like do. I hope those words. There's no like, evidence to back up that. I agree. This formula works. There's no factual evidence to yeah. suggest this Toronto Maple Leafs core can get it done. Yeah. Will they get it done? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I hope they do. Fuck. That'd be awesome. But there's no evidence to support it. And it's not it. necessarily the core of players. It's the core of players within this salary cap. Yeah. Because you can't build around them in this way. Like, these players might be able to get it done if they had a better supporting cast. If you could get in some other... Or if they were better. Players. Why can't... Or if, if they, they, they were better. They had a good supporting cast. They they really... And, and so I understand what you're saying. So here's how I think this plays out. This is my way too early prediction. They're going to give this one more shot. And then when it doesn't work, fuck off. When it doesn't work, Shanahan's gone, uh, no, and so and the core is broken up. No, he isn't. I, I know. I think you think Shanahan, after he sets the course for this, ripping down the the Dubis regime that he put in place the year after ripping down the Dubis regime he put in place, 
and hiring an entire new staff one more year is going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, because that's what I think. Then there's evidence that it's his fault. Eventually, we need to get to the point where everybody kind of realizes that Brendan Shanahan's the puppet master in this thing, and these decisions are his decisions. And if it keeps failing, then it's his fault. Who is Last the common year was anonymous. his fault. Yes. He brought in yes. No, I agree. From the beginning. Yes, but no. You agree? Then what the fuck? I'm taking crazy pills. No, I'm, no, I'm, we're, I, we're, I'm no. agreeing with you. No. He's agreeing with you. <laughs> we're on the same side. He's I don't know same, why you're yelling yeah. at me. I think, I think that, with you. I think that you gotta listen. I'll yell at you. I don't you listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to listen with my listening ears. I'm going to use no. my words. Go ahead. Adam. No, 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 no. I think here's, here's the thing at a certain point, <laughs> like it's, it, you can, Kyle Dubas would get in front of a, a crowd, like in, on a press conference at a blue table, just like this one. And he'd say, this is that all stops with me. But in we when reality, we found out that it actually didn't. No. You know, and, and he would say, well, if I wasn't able to get Brendan convinced on a deal, then that's on me. And I would say, no, it isn't. It's on right. the guy who holds the strings of power in this situation, which is Brendan, which is why Kyle is now a president. He got fired and then got a promotion. How about that? Now, when we when we look at the way that the Leafs are structured, this is Brendan Shanahan's last bullet. This is it. He's uh, replaced a general manager. He's replaced uh, a couple coaches. Um, he's uh, actually he's replaced a couple general managers too. Because didn't he fire mm-hmm. the previous guy and bring in uh, uh, bring in um, uh, Lou Lamorello and 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 Kyle Dubas eventually? Do you and think one season is a bullet? I actually do, and I think the reason why is um, they want to have a look at. And CJ went on and talked about this. Um, they want to get rid of some of the people that the Leafs were in love with that I believe, and I think if you're a Leaf fan with eyeballs, despite what the charts will tell you, believe, held them back. Um, we know that Kerfoot, Hall, and Bunting, according to CJ on, on the Chris Johnson show yesterday, will not be back. Two of those guys, like Bunting is his own thing, but the Leafs put a heck of a lot of faith in two guys that really delivered not much for them. No. And... And by a heck of a lot of faith, I don't just mean the money. I mean, Kerfoot was making too much money for what he delivered. He had a really bad regular season, scored a big goal in the playoffs, big OT goal, and I was thrilled for him. Like, you're rooting for these people. But at the end of the day, uh, people were talking about how great the Hall and Muzzin pairing was. Um, And and then they're like, see, Muzzin without Hall, he stinks. And I'm like, that's because anybody else other than Hall is fucking terrible on this roster. Um, they, They were super weak up the right side. They've never had... Uh, at least at that point. Get they, a righty. Get a righty. Get a righty. Get a righty. Oh. Oh, does TJ Brody work? Well, he shoots left, but fuck it. Sure. Well, I mean, maybe that's why Babs made the comment he did when they got Muzzin instead of a right shot to face, like, man. <laughs> the, the Leafs' right side was so bad for so long that their best right-handed defenseman shoots left. Or the, or Cody Cece played with Morgan Riley for for an entire season on like, the top pair. And I think, I think that... Brad Treliving apparently wants to remake the Leafs defense. If if it looks anything like Calgary's in a couple of years, I'm, I'm loving it. Well, that's wild because most of the Leafs decor is locked up to next year. Well, sure, but that's movable. They said the they've talked about the core four not moving, but mm-hmm. here no, I'm wanna, excited is what I'm saying. I want to throw hard has me excited. I want to throw something out there, and I love this player. I love this player. I especially love this player in the playoffs. But after the playoffs that Morgan Riley had. Mm. With that extension kicking in, mm. with the injuries that he had all last year, Mm-mm-mm. is that an option? Morgan Riley, for what he makes, is a 
great value contract. Yeah, he had seven point five million dollars, and he and a playoff performer. He's easily your best defenseman. Like he was the best player in the in the playoffs. Like that dude's a gamer during the playoffs, and there's evidence to prove that. Morgan Riley will show up in big games in the playoffs, which is what you need, which is worth more than seven point five million dollars. It's Do a you, really tough sell. Qu- question: for you. There's, there's. I don't think that, that you should be moving. And them. I'm going through. I'm going through the list here. Question: Then TJ Brody at five million bucks. You got one year left. We like TJ Brody. Most of the time, you don't hear about TJ Brody, which means he's doing a good job. If you can move off him for a trade that makes sense, sure. But uh, you could, I'm not sure. How much that trade is at? at that number? You probably just sit on it for the year. Right. Five million dollars is gonna. What like what what swap are you making for? Because somebody's paying for a rental of TJ Brody. Yes, you know like what do you and it, are the Leafs? I, I think you just you would move off it. The idea in theory would be to. Um, I don't think there's a hockey trade there. I think it would be like we want to move that we want to deploy these dollars in a different way. Yeah, I don't think the Leafs are in a position to be making things that aren't hockey trades, you I know? Saw, I saw Jason Greger talking about acquiring TJ Brody and then buying him out because his contracts I guess built in an interesting way. Can can you buy him out on cap friendly? Cuz that that made no sense to me, but it was the first I had ever heard of it. Uh uh, uh where's the buy out this contract button? I got it here. It's the green. Oh, there it is. Oh, Fine. It's actually not bad. Well, it's bad. You buy him out. It's an it's a split even cap, right? So it's it's two point five, two point five, because he's making seven point five million. So maybe I misunderstood him, because that doesn't make any sense. No, I don't. Yeah, maybe you did. I I that I don't. Uh, I also don't think it makes any sense to buy him out anyway. I do think he's a useful player. He's Here's, incredibly useful. The problem with the Leafs defense, and this is why I'm glad for Living is here to remake it, is uh, then you have Jake McCabe. Uh, who's at two mil at two mil for two more years. He's 29. And you know what? I want to see Jake McCabe when he's got a full, uh, yeah. uh, um, uh, full training camp to adjust the system. I thought he was very useful. And then I thought there were times where you're like, holy shit, Jake, what the hell was that? I know his, his at 2 million bucks. His mission is to be consistently better than Justin Hall. Can you please crawl over that goddamn bar? Yes, he can. Timothy Lilligren at 1.4, and then he's an RFA next year. And then you've got Connor Timmons and Mark Giordano under deal, and then Gustafson Hall and Luke Shen. And I believe they're going to re-sign Luke Shen eventually, uh, but, you know, at a pretty low number. Uh, Hall and Gustafson, I think, are as good as gone. There's an opportunity here for them to fully flip this around. Timmons, I could see going, mm-hmm. um, just because he was sort of a Dubas reclamation project, and now Dubas is gone. Can you send him down? You can, yeah, you could. You can. You yeah. and, and I think that's no cap it. Yeah, I think Timmons would be a great Marley. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's and cool. and you know what? Maybe you know, like you need depth. You need depth. Yeah. And Giordano shouldn't be playing anything more than 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 third line minutes or hey, third pair of he, minutes. Send him to the Penguins. <laughs> Giordano, his body crumbled by the time game eighty two came around, and he had to play eighty three. I wonder you know, if that's like a guy. Wasn't, he wasn't up for the playoffs. I wonder if that's a guy where you stop giving him the option of playing and you say, listen, we're going to play you for 40 or 45 games this year. We want you for the playoffs. We want you fresh for the playoffs. I wish you could take a year off and just come to the Leafs in like, I don't know, February. Yeah. And then just start 100%. playing from there. Hey, go sit at home till February. I got one. Uh, don't have a cap situation so fucked that you're starting university <laughs> students or sorry, ba- uh, having university students back you up while you're starting goaltender like weeks before the playoffs is injured. Yep. We don't I talk mean, about that enough. And people are like, Steve, why are you obsessed with the 34 grand Matthews is making at the end of his contract? 
That's the difference. Because at the end of the year, that becomes bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, sorry, man. Like, and and so Logan, Logan Roy in succession. Like this team is going to look serious people. This, if, you, if you're defending that, this is going to look like a very different team. I think Matt Murray's contract is either buried on LTIR or gone, um, or bought out. It might get bought out. Well, okay, let me have a look at that buy calculator. It's not great. It's not terrible. Uh, yeah, it's a your cap hit this year is six point eight or sorry six six hundred and eighty thousand. Excuse me, and then <laughs> next year it's two million. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Instead of four point six, so you're saving, I think, roughly four million the first year and two million. And they could use that because they've got a lot of free agency. The thing is, and the most fun thing about buying out Matt Murray's contract is you get to screw Ottawa a little. Oh yeah, they to, take a hit. You get to send two hundred grand to their cap hit, and then six hundred grand the next next year. Sorry, Pierre Dorian yeah. or whoever is replacing Pierre Dorian take that we're that. being open about. They <laughs> weird. They ain't hitting the cap. <laughs> I don't think they care. <laughs> I don't think they give a flying yep. shit. If that sale is even done by Christmas, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Um, End of the summer is what they keep saying. Um, you know, they, they're saying he might put his Montreal portion of the team in a trust and then have it just sit in there and then whoever wants to buy it can buy it. But there's a lot of legal stuff that's got to go on for that sale. It's going to be a while. That's you know what? Man, let's talk about that. If only, yeah, if That's only what I want to talk. About. If only we'd known about this sale for six or seven months beforehand, we could have resolved this. Oh, I just wish it hadn't had to happen so quickly. Yeah, uh, 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 there's no. more details about that that's been coming out. So Ann Lauer was the lowest bid. Yes, uh, during the initial he bid, he knew he was the preferred bid. And then the second time around, he was also the lowest bid. And then Gary's sitting there. He's like, what the fuck? I want to give you this team. Stop low bidding. And then they had to like get him to actually put in a competitive offer. And they got up to 950. He, he and, started his bid started at 800. And I think his second bid was somewhere in the neighborhood of 825. Yeah. Deeply, bitterly, unseriously. But it's <laughs> it's you. it's so poor to have that situation play out because you have somebody who has all the power because he knows he's getting this team. So it was was it ever really a sale? Yeah. It's like it's like going into a house bid in Toronto, but knowing that no matter what, they want you to own the house. Okay, will you just come a little bit up? Just like like make it make it not look bad for us. We just want to say billion. Like I just want to say billion for the senators. I feel bad for like the Remington group and all the other people who were why bother who were serious people in these situations who put all you know how hard it is to buy a fucking franchise. Oh yeah, and And the Remington group had the money. They did all that work and all that stuff just to go there and for Ann Lauer to show up and be like, you know what? I know Gary. And Apostolopoulos, by the way, has the money as well. And he put in a bid. I mean, that guy was trying to buy an NFL franchise. He's got the money. I I, I don't know. It's fascinating. The more stuff that comes out of that, I'm like, ugh. I think think the guy. NHL doing NHL thing. Ann Lauer has been (laughs) a minority owner of the Montreal Canadiens since 2004. And Gary wanted somebody Gary trusted because Gary's been burned before. If you go back and you look at some of the guys that Gary has allowed to own franchises in this league, you would be shocked. If it was the age of the Internet, when a couple of those Nashville Predators or Atlanta Thrashers owners came through, we would be shish kebabbing the guy. But because it happened just before, you know, 2007, 2008, no one really remembers it. There's like a memory of the Internet, and it starts in that era, at least in hockey Twitter. Yeah. Well, when the NHL says there's something to get excited about, I believe. Oh, yeah, it's fair. Fair enough. Now, back to the lease for a second here. Okay, so you know that 
Matthews and Nylander will probably get work done this summer. CJ saying that Nylander, if it gets done, would be done before Matthews. Um, Kerfoot and Hall not being back. I want to. I want to just take a minute, and then we'll, I want to talk about Bunting too. I want to just take a minute. Kerfoot and Hall are two of the biggest whipping boys of the Kyle Dubas, um, Kyle Dubas era regime in Toronto. No question, right? Two of the uh, of the Leafs that play people fairly or unfairly loathe the most. I, I think on on Twitter, you know what I mean. Oh, and on this podcast for sure. No, but also I, I don't know if I don't know how unpopular they were with a lot of fans. I don't know. Oh, ask around. No, ask it, dude. In all my like casual conversations about the Leafs, I mean, every single conversation comes back to the core five guys and the goalie. That's all anybody wants to talk about. Right. It's us dorks who like make. Okay. Well, then among the dorks that you, (laughs) I I, I, I be honest with you, most of my Justin Hall's universally. Yeah, I think it's and it's not fair to him because he was put it. He's a two million dollar or really he's not a two million dollar defense. He was paid two million dollars and put in positions he could never have succeeded in. Yeah. That guy is a good person and a NHL defenseman in limited minutes. That is a fair summation of Justin Hall. And he's mm-hmm. welcome to do it somewhere else. The only person more hated than Justin Hall is Walter White's wife in Breaking Bad. Skyler. <laughs> Skyler. <laughs> Skyler is number one. Number two is Justin Hall. Man. I saw. <laughs> did you see the poll? It's like, who do you hate the most? And it was Gus Fring, Skyler, and the two Nazi guys. The two Nazi guys. And everyone's like, Skyler. people hate this woman significantly more than two Nazis. I like Gus Fring. I thought he was awesome. Crazy person. Yeah, but he's but crazy character. Nazis. No, no, but like Skyler was just like it. it Skyler's the most hated character got in, in the, the way. history of television. Got in the way. Got in the way <laughs> of what? Of of the plot. Like every time she was on screen, I'm like, what are we watching? I'm gonna hate the scene. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Okay, Adam's cool. one of those people. Oh, can't stand it. Adam's it was, one of those. And the thing is, he is that it, it didn't need to be that way. It didn't need to be that way. But you know they what? just they, every time it's like um. Let me see your Instagram explore page. I bet it's a nightmare. Oh, let me see. Let me see. No, I'm not. No, say, let me no, see your TikTok. No. Let me see the for no. you page. Adam, let me see for you page. Adam, I tell us why. Guys, no, and, and I also, no, I also don't like the Last Jedi. I must have voted conservative. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> I must. The back of your truck has a PPC. Yeah, I bet it does. I just no, it doesn't. Tell us why the wife of a guy who's basically running a mob and a drug cartel is the bad person. So, in the story. so and a murderer. And he's a murderer. I also Time. That was the thing about Breaking Bad, though, is nobody's good. What murder? Skyler was. Skyler was not good. She was not good. What it was, yes. though, it, it, for me, it was literal plot. Like, you're just it's like we're getting in the way of I want to see them do like you're if you watch Breaking Bad, you're accepting the fact that these are all horrible people. This he is the was worst running of all a of drug empire while trying to lead a normal. And he life. wasn't a part. She was extremely necessary to the plot. She was his wife. But the way that they positioned it, I was like, man, like. Do you remember that awful oh. scene where he, he has sex with her in the kitchen? Like that's oh. that that's oh my god! You see what I mean? That's, it's just so you're just filling time. That's the only like it, like <laughs> there are ways that they could have had a relationship with him because it's him and his wife's relationship breaking down, right? Was his, Walter White a Riz God? Yeah, he might have been. <laughs> uh, his relationship with his wife was breaking down. It was breaking down before the show even starts, right? So there breaking are ways to portray that. Hmm. Without doing it the way they did, is my point. I said it was breaking down bad, Adam. 
Aha. I said it was she, she cheats on him at one point, right? With oh, that, yeah. that other that dude. The yeah. guy, the business owner. Yeah. That she'd yeah. had a, a pass with what was his name? They were like friends. Banneke? I forget his name. Yeah. Yeah, I forget his first it, Was it Banneke? I don't even oh. remember. But anyway. She did, she did a good job of the car wash. You know? Yeah. True. Rinsing the money. True. Make Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like this is the thing. They're all <laughs> shitty. The, the, sh- the question was, who is it who is the shittiest person in breaking bad? That's not the Definitely question. Nazi. The question was. <laughs> Which character do you enjoy the least on screen? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And that was the character I enjoyed the least on screen. I'm allowed to have that opinion. That was the question. Yes. Damn. And universally, everyone is on your Thank side. Thank you. And the characters we've uh, rightly or wrongly least enjoyed being in Toronto Maple Leaf uniforms of the last five years are Kerfoot and Hall. They are. So wait, what you're saying is we should have liked them, but we didn't? Well, that's what... Because of the way they were... Pos- that's what this Leafs management group was sort of suggested. They suggested the same thing with CC. Listen, I loved them, but I also find um, the management group. I love most of the decisions they made, but I also found them infuriating. And I understand why people um, were would be like, oh my God, with Dubas. It doesn't mean you don't like Dubas. It just means like, Kyle, I think you're being a little stubborn on a point that you you can concede this point. You can concede that Cody CC wasn't that great. You can concede that Justin Hall was perhaps 500 grand overpaid. You can concede that Alex Kerfoot didn't turn into the player you thought he might, and you hung on to him a little bit too long. But they just, there were stubborn elements to this group that was so forward thinking that kind of surprised me. And so with Kerfoot and Hall gone, I think that it opens up an opportunity for things like younger players to come in. One of the things that we talked about last episode was the fact that by the time the Leafs got to training camp, you knew what the starting lineup was. So it's like, why are we even trying out? Mm-hmm. And if you have one guy push push another guy out, it's like, well, yeah, but we if we if we wave him, we might we if we wave the lesser player, one guy can be sent down, the other player uh, would have to be waived. Uh, let's keep the less good guy for depth and put the really good guy back with the Marlies. One of the names that was sort of uh, mentioned, I, I thought too casually on the CJ show. I was like, give me some more on that shit. Ivan Barbashev. Like, I want some younger guys on the team, for sure. But they got a hole on the left. They wanted Barbashev. Okay, cool. Do they, they still? Bring him in. He's got two cups. He's really good. I he's think the still, number is going to be a little too I high. think it's going to be crazy God, for him to be a little rich. I hope not. <laughs> now, here's here's what I'm on board with. Yeah. Give me. The dudes Dubas was too loyal to being gone. Here's what I'm not down with. The dudes Dubas was too loyal to being replaced with the dudes Brad Treliving is too loyal to. Because a Why name, is Michael Stone's name coming up? A You're name that has un-serious. been repeatedly... Un-serious. Uh, he's been repeatedly no, tied he's, to Treliving and the Leafs. And I tell you what, I'm going to fucking flip my lid. Okay, why, why... First off, explain Michael Stone, explain the Dubas connection, and explain why you would flip your lid. Justin Hall with less skill. Do you want me to go more in depth or? No, I think that's fair. Yeah. What if he comes to Toronto on the same contract he had in Calgary? Which was what? $750,000. Fine. Fine. Then in that case, you're Jordy Ben, you're Victor Mate. Yeah. You know, you're. Yeah. But what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But as an everyday player, no, thank you. No, thank you. I think. He would come here for seven hundred fifty grand, eight hundred maybe. Give him a low raise. No, and then if he's competing for a spot, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's fine. 
Yeah. And I think that's what every player is. You know, he, he wouldn't automatically slot into the top six. Yeah, And no. he's a Marley if he doesn't make it. Yeah. That I wouldn't hate. But if he gets significantly above league men, no. I don't, no I, I don't think that he would. I don't think that he would. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, Michael Stone is not my favorite player either. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, listen, if you think... But I'm not going to waste too much time on Michael Stone. Like, at least Oops. I know Michael Stone's not playing with right. Morgan Riley next year. Steve, when was the last time Michael Stone made above league men? Do you tell me? I don't 2020. know. 2020. Oh, since, right. since, so it's, he had a contract with the Calgary Flames in, in from uh, 17 to 20. It was a three-year deal. He was $3.5 million per year. Damn. Way too much. Got way too much money, but then since then he signed a contract for seven hundred grand, seven hundred grand, then seven fifty. All right, How and then seven fifty again, actually. So four years of of seven to seven fifty. That's that's what he makes. That's his his money now. If Bradshaw Levin wants to bring him in, I don't see anything. Wrong I don't with care. that. Well, and the one thing I would say in his defense is no one was stoked on the Jordy Ben signing. Hmm. And no he was one, and he was fine. He I was liked useful. Jordy Ben. I liked him. He might have played in the playoffs had he not been hurt. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually thought he was he was one of the only people before Luke Shen got here who delivered a body check. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, his, wasn't he slotted with Morgan Riley his first game? Yes. I was there. It was against Vancouver. He scored! And Luke Shen fucking... <laughs> Luke Shen was playing that night and he was crushing Leafs. Like, oh, just... Man, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Luke Shen and another guy who could throw some hits back there who actually could play maybe perhaps a little bit more of an agile game than Luke Shen would be fabulous. Fabulous. Be great. Jake McCabe. Well, Jake McCabe is that guy. You're right. Yeah, Jake throws some pretty nasty hits he, in a good way. Yeah, I uh, second pair, maybe even push him down to third. I'm like, listen, I don't want to be a Neanderthal about hockey. Like, I still believe in analytics and everything. But like, dude, look at the final four. They're all fucking huge. Would anybody look, look at the on the on the back end? Look at the final four. Would anybody hardcore analytics say Tom Wilson's a bad hockey player? I hope not. Right. <laughs> Tom Wilson is what if you're like, I don't know why we have to keep qualifying this. A guy like Tom Wilson, who would be actually perfect on the Leafs if his body doesn't break down. And by the way, the Capitals are not trading him. Um, uh, Freach, by the way, reported that, uh, the, he would be a great guy to run shotgun with Marner and Matthews who doesn't love a pair like, or, you know, a threesome like that. And I'm just kind of questioning why we have to say that every time. Of course, maybe we don't, of I course, do. of course we have to, of course we want players who can score goals. The point is what else can you do? Because in the playoffs, you do need to do more. A guy like, you know, and it didn't work out so great in Boston because Florida just had the magic this year. They really did. Um, but Tyler Bertuzzi up front. He had 10 points in seven games. And here's the thing. Scores, but what else does he do? He's a dick and he's full of dicketry. The reason that Leafs Nation feels this way is because before we would have guys that would hit and couldn't do anything else. Now we have guys that can score. And it's not that they can't be physical. But it sure would be easier if they had people who were more physical, which would allow that to come out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've seen Austin Matthews throw body checks. He's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. I'm not saying he's oh, no. he's blocked shots. No. You ever you ever make a dad joke in your head? What? And you react out loud because you're like, oh, is shit. that why you're saying? Oh, no. Now I got to say that out loud. Yeah. OK, what is it? I think Tyler Bertuzzi would really get the Leafs a shot in the arm. <laughs> I like that. I, I appreciate that. I actually think he'd it be would great. give them a boost too. Tell me why Tyler Bertuzzi doesn't resign in Boston, though. I, Money, their cap situation it's is rough. Hell, 
This was their year, and they squandered it in the playoffs. Their their caps, they're already over the cap. It's ridiculous. There's a reason why, like, dude, Patrice Bergeron is so Teflon, but there's a reason why at the end of the season he looked like he'd seen a ghost. Like, his career was done, and this team's in a rough spot. Yeah. Now, I, you know, one thing... Typical Boston, though, they'll win the division. Well, one one thing, you know, you know how we've talked about Ottawa and how they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to be much better this year. And it's like, dude, you've got to make up 30 points. Yeah. Like, is Boston really going to go from 65 wins to 30? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but I highly doubt it. Boston right now has $4.9 million in cap space, and they have... Uh, Bergeron, Bertuzzi, Felino, Hathaway, Krejci, Nosek, Clifton, and Orlov all as UFAs, and then Trent Whoa. Frederick and Swayman as RFAs. And, and they have less than $5 million. And, uh, I mean, Orlov leaving is basically a foregone conclusion. He's he's, he's going to make more money than any other free agent. He's going to, yeah, he'll be the most expensive contract, yeah. I think. <sighs> Swayman, too. Like, oh, is that a trade? Damn. Oh, f- God. That's a bad situation. Yeah. Oh, man. Swayman. That's... And you got some good players there still. Mm-hmm. You do. But... Got Pasta, Marchand, Hall. I mean, they're not rebuilding. They're too good to rebuild. That's what, one thing that I like that they mentioned on the CJ show is it makes no sense for either party for Eric Carlson to still be a shark because he wants to win and they uh, don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it doesn't make any sense for him to be there. Um, you don't extend David Pasternak with plans of losing. Would you bring Eric Carlson to Toronto? Uh, yeah, f- fuck it. Core five. How would you afford that? <laughs> and uh, and also, why would he be? Why would he be a Leaf? Dude, he that, no one's he voting do. that, are they? He wouldn't. Why not? No. No. The yesterday it came out or day before that Eric Carlson and the Sharks are working towards a trade this uh, this off season. So, uh, they're, they're revisiting that, that doesn't make any sense it didn't work during the regular season but now that it's the off season there's more um cap shenanigans you can do with other teams so yep. the sharks and carlson are re uh visiting trading him to another team you know cj did mention the oilers yep i know they went out and got matthias at home but it's the off season you can have some fun that'd be that'd be crazy but you got evan bouchard so what's the point yeah I, I don't the fit we we thought it was the Oilers during the regular season, but seeing how things played out, I don't think they need them. Unless what? you're unless you're unloading Darnell Nurse, which I don't I don't see why the Sharks would do that unless it's a three way because then then you're moving out the giant contract to get parts of Eric Carlson's giant contract back. What competitive team has eleven and a half million and no one to run their top power play unit? Who? It's a short no. It's a short list, is what I'm saying. Okay, that feels like a unicorn of a situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be the full amount. Hopefully, you can get the sharks to take a lot of it. Well, it what were they? Yeah. They were saying max two million. That's what they they were. Allowed. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Just, yo, Mike, Mike Greer, this is your chance. Yeah. He had a crazy year. Unload him now mm-hmm. and just what eat is, shit. What's if they were to retain half? That's what five seven five. Like, imagine retaining an entire Josh Anderson. Like <laughs> an entire David Clarkson, you can't do it, right? So it's going to have to be a percentage, and it ain't going to be half. Um, okay, so uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting won't be back. This is a guy that that the Leafs took a shot at. I think it's one of the best signings Dubas ever made in his tenure with the Leafs. 
um, because he got Michael Bunting at 900 grand for two years. Guy comes in and scores 59 points in his first year, up for rookie of the year. Uh, and then um, I think it was in the 40s this past year. It really doesn't matter. The, th- the one problem, though, with Bunting with the Leafs, because there was a microscope, he became a sideshow. And he became a guy, he went from a guy who could draw every penalty to a guy who couldn't stay out of the box and could not help himself yelling at the refs to the point where the Leafs finally had to put him on the fourth line and say, okay, you're going to need to shut up now. And when he did get suspended uh, in in early in the playoffs, uh, they kept him out an extra game because it was like, Mike, like we just well, can't mess with one. a good thing. They had one. So... Can I, can I give you the nightmare scenario? What's the nightmare scenario? When Palpatine seduces Anakin to the dark side. Bunting as a Bruin? Fuck yeah. Nightmare teach scenario. It, teach, man, if Marchand wants a a, a guy to, to teach teach him his ways, holy shit. Work Michael, on that signature, Mike. He's going to show perfect. you how to sign sticks. <laughs> work, work on that signature, Ooh. Mike. You're going to be... Learn how to spell uh, what's his name, the uh, two Trevor Hansen, <laughs> your biggest fan, Michael Bunting, to Steve Kazari, your biggest fan, to Wes McCauley, buddy. It's gonna be tough. Um, what do you think? What do you think that that the Leafs lose with Michael? Because I think a lot of it, a lot of it became uh, just about the penalties and the stupidity. But this is a very good player. Here's here's what the Leafs lose with Michael Bunting. Right? They are losing a player who I think they started to resent because of how much they had to babysit him. And what they may realize is they're also losing a guy who had to babysit them. How many times did that dude stick up for players when no one else would. Travis Konechny, who's given up, what, four inches and 30 pounds to Austin Matthews, is going at him at the end of the game. And who jumps in to save him? Michael Bunting and the oldest active player in the National Hockey League and Mark Giordano. And why were any of us surprised when no one stuck up for Matthew Nyes when Sam Bennett chokeslammed him? This team's soft as baby shit. Like, so when Kyle Dubas talked about losing Nazem Kadri, uh, and he's a player that has something that they don't have in abundance, they replaced it with Michael Bunting and they're simply going to lose it again. It's bad. It's not great, man. He was a player who had all those qualities and could play on your top line when he wasn't suspended for doing something moronic. Why do we think Michael Bunting flipped his lid so often? Is he just a loose cannon and he's unprofessional? He can't keep it together. He might be a bit of a loose cannon. He might be a bit of a loose cannon. What you need. You need to kind of be. Or Somebody's got to be. What if he absorbed so much attention because he was the only guy, the only guy on your baby shit, deeply baby shit team willing to say fuck you to anybody. I don't think this is a net positive for the Leafs. They're going to have to replace this guy. And listen, Brad Trelivit, like, you know, lost in, in the season that the Calgary Flames had. Like, they do have guys and have had guys over the years 
willing to say fuck you. You know this. Oh guy, yeah. Oh yeah. His I want to. I think his first trade as Flames GM was to acquire Brandon Bolig. Um, this is a guy who. Well, how did you describe him in the car yesterday? Brandon Bolig. Yeah. I think it was pistol fists. Oh yeah, just pistol fists. <laughs> and yeah. Bang 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 bang. Like just fuck it. Get out of my way. I liked that description. I thought that was apt. Bang, 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 bang. And I'm just going to get in get in the way and I'm going to be a pain in the ass. Has anyone ever accused Noah Hannafin or Mackenzie Weger or uh, 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 any of the, the Fords they had? So, I mean, maybe... He drafted Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. He didn't want to get rid of him. Is Nazem Kadri a, tough, a tougher Nazem guy? He signed Kadri. Dude, like, maybe it's going too far in that direction because he also traded for Milan Lucic. Well... You know what I mean? Yeah, that was a that was a bit of a. I think there were extenuating circumstances with People James. People are going to lose their shit when they sign him. <laughs> Lucic? Can you imagine? I mean, I can. Yeah, I mean, it'd be league men, but so the, I can imagine that. Sure. Well, remember what I said last year with Wayne Simmons, and you're like, "Oh, there's no way he plays a game. He's done. He's done." It's a long season. Mm-hmm. It's 82 games. And you know what? You need those. You need. Let's say you have guys. it. Well, wouldn't it be great? And, and Lucic was also when he was at his best, he was also a guy that could get away with shit. And you'd be like, how does this guy keep getting away with it? But as I don't he, want them to sign as his skill regressed yeah. or at least as the league got faster, maybe his skill didn't regress as much as the Leafs, the league got faster. Um, he didn't get away with it anymore. Right. Because he wasn't as good anymore. No. But I feel like uh, like Milan Lucic at 800 grand, like. Okay, then he's a he's not a Leaf, then he's a Marley. Like whatever. Like I I don't I don't hate that. I don't care. Here's what the Leafs are losing in Michael Bunting. When someone got in one of their star players' face, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, whoever his line mates were that night, Michael Bunting flew in there and wreaked havoc. When Michael Bunting was getting mushed by Boone Jenner, uh, and not sticking up for himself because he was trying to be on his best behavior. Who came in and said anything to Boone Jenner? Nobody. Not even Gio this time. Baby shit. Baby shit. So you want to see And this tougher. has been a criticism. This is just not baby shit. Braden points a nut job. Like I always bring him up. Like he's a 90 point guy, 40 goal guy, you know, can flirt with 50 goals and hundred points. He's not afraid of you. I just don't. Ex- what I about don't, Kucherov? I, Kucherov's like, I I cringe to think what he'd be if he wasn't a professional hockey player. Like that that guy's nuts. What about Malkin? I cringe to think what he'd be if he wasn't a professional hockey player. Like what about Getzlav and Perry? Oh, I know. At their best, well, imagine Corey Perry never discovering skating. Corey Perry and customer service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, imagine. What did you unplug it, you fucking idiot? Thanks. Click. Yeah, I asked for decaf. This piece of shit, he'd throw it right in your face. That's what I'm saying. Ah! Friggin' like Rorschach and Watchmen. That's a, that's a reference. Yes, it certainly is. So, like, listen, I'm not saying get tougher at the expensive skill. I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to stop qualifying. I'm not going to tiptoe around it. Next year, this team, no matter who they surround the core with, does fucking nothing if Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares don't throw a punch. Okay. Throw a Jesse, punch. do you agree with that? I feel like I feel like we have this conversation a million times. But do you agree with it? Bergeron will throw a punch. Pasternak will throw a punch. We know Marshand will throw a punch. 
Mm-hmm. Look at Vegas. Every one of those guys. This is there. why I think they get Look one at Florida. Player. Because I think there are still true believers within that organization. And I think next year, uh, we'll know. We already do know, but we'll know with a new general manager. And uh, and here's the thing about next year that's important. Uh, Marner's got a year left. Tavares has got a year left. And the Tavares piece for me is interesting because that then becomes a, a, a movable deal. Because the cap is high, eh. but the money owed is actually very low. It and all, I think it all comes down to what can, he wants. It does come down to that. Like it's got it. Yeah, the money. But I think if the team looks at him and goes, John, we really, we really do want to move on. Most players will wave. He doesn't have to. Oh, come on. He's got to. Don't don't use the argument of like, well, players have never waived a trade, a a no trade clause in their life before. And then flip it back on me when I say that to you. Right. But it's not a plan. You know they can get him. It's not a plan. Oh, we're just going to grind this guy until like he's got a young family, grew up here. He wants to be here. I get that. And I love that. But right. I think at that kind of money, I think it's too much. It's possible, but it ain't a plan. It's yeah, it's possible. I might find a grand in a bag on the way home. You might. <laughs> I doubt it. I think that I think that you're being too pessimistic on that. I think that that happens all the time. And Who I the you, fuck do I cheer for, Adam? Well, I fair, fair enough. But I also look at that and go, okay, well, listen, John, you got you got an opportunity here to to go and play for somebody who can, you know, that you can fit in better with. Because it's clearly not getting done. And do you not think that these players, like, listen, we're sick of watching the team not succeed in the moments where it should. Do you think the players are feeling any better about it? Because I don't. Wouldn't they get tired eventually? Yeah. I kind of think they might already be. Listen, all I'm saying. This team wasn't built to do what you're talking about. For those three players or four players to throw a punch. They were not built that way. Yes. Yeah, so- were the Bruins built so that Pasternak would have to throw a punch? Yeah, they, well, no, but they but they had other. That's one guy. Who are the rest of the core? When Pasternak got there in Boston, Char, yeah, Bergeron, yeah, Marshan. Who else was there when Pasternak got there? There's a bunch of tough, dudes bunch of face with, punchers. Those weren't those were cannons. So right. you have so, a big so friend. It, it comes back down to you're gonna we're gonna try it again. And Adam, you're already talking about like they try it again next season, it doesn't work, and then Tavares is gone. Well, I think so, it comes. I, I think it's Shanahan and then Tavares. Right. Right. And then, Steve, your your point of contention before was that you don't believe the board of MLSE will look at Brendan Shanahan if they fail again and let him go. No. You think they're going to keep... So it's at the point where it's like, okay, how many times do they have to keep trying this before the everybody decides to make a new decision? You I don't think, know. I don't think they watch hockey. <laughs> you think they're happy with the job and I don't I don't disagree with that necessarily because we've we've seen that they're very happy with the way that the entire organization is run which is also a part of his job. His job is is the overseer of MLSE and not just the hockey operations department. So I can definitely see a situation where hey, they fail again and then he gets to try it in well the new regime, the new GM and the new Brendan uh, who's also making all of the decisions gets to try it again. <laughs> Maybe it's part of the core four. You know, so, I I definitely don't disagree with that. So you know how I've often said like COVID I think has made uh, there be less of tomorrow. You yes. know, like people are willing to make more bold and brash decisions. I'm not willing to waste another year of my life on this core and hoping. But you're you're gonna have to. Sorry, what's your name? Sit through this. What's your name? Slap Happy McSad. No, what's your real name? What's Steve, your real name? Steve. That's not Brendan Shanahan, so it's not up to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I love you. 
I love you. Say that with love. But but my I, my name so, will be the same if they trade the core. The I, whole bunting conversation <laughs> was that it's going to be a net negative because you want the Leafs to be tougher, and then it comes back to the core four getting making them tougher. And we've seen there's seven years of evidence that they can't be tougher. Okay, so question. Are, we we're all just crossing our fingers and hoping that somehow they discover a new way to play hockey so you know when you see people like square up at a bar and there's like one really no small person and then they have like a big friend so they're acting tough because they have a couple of big friends oh it's the worst so oh, if yeah. you get the leafs a couple of big friends that that can play hockey right we're not talking about career zero goal players can can you guys see these four guys changing their stripes a little bit and getting a little tougher just naturally. Yeah, you're you're asking Is for, it possible? We talked about it last show where you get the guys who make room on the ice. Kenry's yeah. favorite word ever. You're asking for those people to make room for Marner and Matthews and JT and Willie. Oh, let me just go pick one up from Sobeys. They're easy to find. No, they're fucking not. They're, they're not the guys who are also in your lineup every day. <laughs> just giving you shit. Yeah, no, I, I, like... I don't, I don't Super know. Super easy, man. Sorry. Like, I I don't know. We're going in circles here. No, no, yeah. we're not. But I'm, I'm, it, I want to know what you guys think. It comes down to, I, I think they have two very simple problems, actually. Give this, it to This me. is the good news. They have two very simple problems mm -hmm. with not very simple solutions, but they're very simple problems. Uh, the core takes up too much of the cap. And even when the cap goes up, they still will. Mm -hmm. And they're too soft. They're, they can, they're good at regular season hockey. They're great. They're improving at playoff hockey, mm -hmm. which that's relevant and important. They made it further this year than they ever have. And ignore that, you, know, you know, whatever the circumstances around it, though, they got to play, whatever. It doesn't matter. They made it. Florida got to play in four games against Hurricanes. And they were like, oh, we didn't get swept, despite very getting swept. <laughs> right? So uh, I... I th I think the core takes up too much, and they're too soft. And at the end of the day, okay. Kyle Dubas couldn't win in Toronto, but he's not here because he's the one who believed in the core, and, and he built the pieces around them who weren't making enough room on the ice. And now that Bradshaw Living's in there, Bradshaw Living and, and Brendan Shanahan's eyes, like the four eyes that are there now, they might have a d little bit of a different perspective on the guys that need to fill out the rest of the roster because I think we all have to just come to grips that it's going to be the core four for at least one more year and that the salad, your first issue won't get solved. But the second issue might because we have two new eyes of the four eyes on the situation. So maybe Bradshaw Living's evaluation of talent and who can play playoff hockey is better than Kyle Dubas's and the decisions he makes helps the team play better playoff hockey. That's what we're hoping for right now. Yeah, what that's, that's, yeah. that's the only thing that's out there. It's okay. Yeah. Bradshaw living can, is a better talent evaluator for winning in the playoffs than Kyle Dubas is. And we'll see how he does. He hasn't had a lot of success in Calgary. Here's the one thing. No, that no I, second round victories. Yeah. Here's the one thing that I'm not excited for, but does make some sense to give a try. Dubas had the same core the whole time, the whole time. Let me let me redo this, and oh, it didn't work. And let me redo that, and oh, it didn't work. And let me redo that. Bradshaw Living gets one season with this core to be like, let me try to surround them with some talent. And if you can't do it, all right, that's enough. But I'm perfectly also prepared right now to go, all right, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think he, I think you're, he gets, I think a lot of people are with you on that. He yeah. gets that season because after next season, the contracts come due. Yeah, 
there's some there's actual money that needs to be moved out there um uh, deadlines make decisions right they're fine you get to year eight there are actual deadlines with the contracts that's the reason uh brat signed is is uh mr fitzgerald gave him a hard deadline he's like hey i'm not fucking around with you anymore if you don't sign this by the time we get to the offseason the draft we're gonna look to move you imagine and like, that ah i'm gonna sign imagine with that. the guys on the leafs Next year, it's it's, you're, it's come due. You're a year out, Mitch Marner, from free agency. We can move on. William, you are actually a free agent. Austin, you are an actual free agent. This is it. Yeah. This is it, guys. We so, got a season. So that means saying, so in saying that, it brings us back to the starting point, and this can wrap up the conversation of they have to do well on the Nylander and Matthews contracts because if they're moving on from other players going forward, those are two guys you probably want to stick around, and they, can, they are the next, when you retool this team, because I think it's fair to say hard to believe that this team is going to get it done, given the way it's constructed. I think that's a fair point. Um, you're going to need a couple of guys who can. 16-4 is, by the way, the max contract you can offer under, under this salary cap. Uh, $16.4 million. Wow. And if you could argue Treliving's greatest flaw in Calgary, it's that he signed guys to too much for too long. Which guys? I hate that argument. Don't give me Kadri and Huberto on that. That's bullshit. Dude. He would have signed Gaudreau and Kachuk. He, he, was, he was painted into a corner. And if he signed Kachuk, he would have been younger at the end of it. Agreed. But he didn't have a choice. Murray Edwards wouldn't budge on the numbers. Jesse, can you? On, on Gaudreau. He wouldn't what you, budge. What on do you mean? The, the, here. What do you want? You want Mackenzie Weger? Like, Is signed till what? That's a long uh, time. 2030. Yeah. It's signed time. beyond cap-friendly shows. Yeah, and so, he'll be oh, in his late 30s. 2031 is the Uyghur deal. <laughs> it's a shitload of guy make it's a shitload of guys making a shitload of money into their shitload late to the 30s. <laughs> they're all gonna be making like high-end money until they're older than. Do you high. really want do you want to go through it? Because we are going to the flames next anyway. So this is good. Sure. Kadri was a UFA. They needed to replace Goudreau and Kachuk. Okay, fine. The way to do that. You got Huberdo in the trade with Uyghur, right? They both had a year left on their deals. You had to extend them. Because if you make that trade and you don't extend them, they're walking UFA for nothing. So you've just traded for Huberdo. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Alan Walsh, he's a noted Walsh client. Sure. I'm sure Alan walked in there and said, here's the number. Because you just traded for him. Otherwise, he's walking next yeah, year. Yeah, outside of those two, who are you talking about? Dude, none of them in a vacuum are bad. But who, out, of, outside no, out, of of those, out of those two, who are you talking about? Because... You know the Gaudreau Blake situation Coleman? had to do with ownership. Yes, Blake Coleman. I like Blake Coleman. Isn't that a good contract? Is that not a good contract? 4.9 for four more years. And how old will he be? 35 mm -hmm. at the end of it. Not great. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Here. I, That's well, the what, only other contract over four years. Who was the Rangers guy that they signed from that same line? Steve? That was Coleman. No, no. The Rangers. The Rangers guy. From that same line. It was I think you're from thinking Tampa. Barclay Goodrow yeah. went to the ring. What that's what I mean. Oh. So who what did he get? Six fucking years. At what what rate? Under four. Okay. It's not great either. It's not but great that's either. what the that's what the going cost was, right? Right. No, but Adam, oh oh dear. Maybe he's perfect for the Leafs because all those situations in a vacuum were fine. It's the accumulation of them. Yeah, Barclay Goudreau was uh, six years at three point six million. Mm -hmm. But Blake, outside of Huberto and Kadri, Blake Coleman is the only other four plus year contract. 
Rasmus Anderson's 26 and he signed for three years. Yeah. And then all the other contracts are UFAs after next season. And people are talking about like RFAs. people were clowning me about the uh, complimenting the Toffoli deal. Who cares that you gave up a, a first, a fourth and a fifth for the guy? It's Toffoli and he's on a great deal and he scored a ton for you. And he's UFA after next season. Oh, I'm not, I didn't include Mackenzie Weger because we already touched on that. But I guess the Mackenzie Weger, those those are the three ones, three contracts. But it's not it's not as bad as it seems. Check out Markstrom. Markstrom shined three more years, six million, and he'll be thirty six. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as bad as we thought it was. It's not as it's, it ain't great either. Speaking it's, of, but I want to do a shout what out. What team doesn't have like two contracts of a thirty five year old? Uh, I want to do a big shout out to Katie Strang, Julian McKenzie, and Haley Salvian. Since we're talking about the Flames, they have a full deep dive into what went wrong with Daryl Sutter. Uh, this time around in Calgary. And uh, one of the things that I, I had kind of forgotten is some of his time with the Kings. Um, uh, according to them, the Kings players put a garbage can in front of the locker room door to keep Sutter out of a players-only meeting. Former Kings player Daniel Carcello said that Sutter verbally abused players and mistreated them. And on his Twitter account, Carcello recalled Sutter prohibiting players from eating on the team plane after a bad loss and telling a female flight attendant to fuck off uh, when she didn't roll the food away fast enough. Uh, Carcillo said he also saw Sutter kick a player. Now, the kick a player thing is interesting. Sutter has denied those allegations, but there was an investigation that I actually personally knew about too. Uh, several other people talked about, like, it was like open in hockey circles that the Flames were investigating the same thing. And uh, Julian, and, and of course, Sutter has denied it, but in November... There was an incident where a, um, a he was alleged to have made physical contact with a player on the bench during the game. Uh, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows the outcome of that, except for the fact that the player in question thought that it wasn't big enough of a deal to escalate. Didn't want it to become a distraction. And that's that player's prerogative, right? Right. Yeah. Like if the player didn't want to escalate it, then I don't know. What they, can you really do with it? They also go on to talk about how um, he was, you know, he had an aversion to deploying young players. So, uh, Jacob Pelletier and uh, Matthew Coronado, uh, were healthy scratches down the line. And, uh, in the third round of the shootout, Sutter left Tyler Toffoli, the team's leading scorer on the bench, and put Lindholm, uh, sorry, and Lindholm out there. And he sent out Nick Ritchie. And that game changed everything, right? That was the big, one of the big games. He said it had no bearing on the game. That's right. So I just thought I want to give them a shout out because that article was bonkers. It's pretty good. Good deep read. Now, Steve, I want to make you angry. Sure. I read this this morning as well. Well, uh, well, I'm moving on from that article, but I think you should read it, especially as a Flame fan. But I want to talk about Jesper Bratt. And I want to talk about the fact that his number is in the is in the actual. Uh, Man, people, <laughs> uh, you know, I only know one language. I only know English. Okay. And when I speak it plainly, uh, sometimes I feel like I don't know how to use it. Okay. Okay. Why? Like, because no one seems to understand my hatred of jersey numbers being in contract. And what is it? Explain it now. So Crosby making 8.7. I don't give a shit. And also it was a discount. Uh, Brat's contract. Uh, Which it, is, by the way, eight years, 7.875 million per year at 63 million. 7.875 is a great damn deal. For Jesper Bratt. It is a great damn deal, but it adds up to 63 million. Ooh, his that's number. his number, right? 
Reimer had a $3.4 million contract uh, with the Panthers. Bozak had a $4.2 million contract with the Leafs. Yes, he did. I think it's not about your jersey number because all those situations that I just mentioned, their jersey number fell roughly in place with their actual value. Yeah. Right? So, okay, your jersey number is in there, but that's roughly what your actual value is. Fine. It's a relatively fair deal, and it happens to be your jersey number. What I hated using Austin Matthews uh, uh, as the as the example, and I cannot believe people don't get this point. Mm-hmm. His contract, when it was signed, it's no longer listed as this on cap friendly because the cap hit went up because they made some adjustment. I don't remember what it was. Him and Marner, their cap hits went up. Don't remember why. Mm-hmm. I think Willie's too. I'm not sure. When he signed it, it was 11.3, or sorry, 11.634. Yes. The 3.4 is relevant because if you sign a contract, if Matthew signs a contract for $11.6 million, that's roughly what he's worth. If he signs it for $11.7 million, it's roughly what he's worth. But he signed for 11.34 mm-hmm. or 11.634. That $34,000 is an amount of money he will never miss. If he signed for 11.6, he still would have made over, I think it was 99.7% of his salary, but he needed that $34,000. And the reason it pisses me off is it's not about the $34,000. It's about power. It's, It's about power and saying I won this deal and I could ask for whatever I want. And Mitch Marner did the same thing. 11 or sorry, 10.893. Mm-hmm. Now, someone cleverly said, now what if Mitch was giving a discount? Mm-hmm. What if he dropped below it to drop to get in the 93? Sure. He actually saved the Leafs $7,000. I'll shave off seven grand, like just to get that in there. Fine. Yep. You know what? Maybe. Maybe it's possible, but what is more likely that Matthews went from 11.6 up to 11.634 or down from Mm 11.7 to now, if we, if someone comes out and says, that's how it worked, I'll be the first person to come on here and be like team player. Good on you. But it's 11.634 and that 34 grand is the sort of thing that gets a Marley sent down. You know, oh, why, Steve, why are you cheering for a player to make uh, less mm-hmm. uh, so that this multi-billion dollar team... How about the fucking guy in the minors making 70 grand who has to get sent down because of all the cap shenanigans that the Leafs have had to pull over the last few years? The fact that they can't dress a goalie because they want to get Matt Knight signed. Yeah. How about the fact that they've had to, uh, yeah, sign a university goalie and pay him a per diem of like 250 bucks and get him a free jersey or whatever? How about... Your starting goalie uh, who's injured, playing injured down the stretch uh, for four fucking games. Four, uh, was it four? Three or four yep. games where the Leafs had to sign a emergency emergency backup and you're a hair away. You're you're a slip away. You're a you're a side to side two on one save away. You're a net front battle away. You're you're a stubbing your toe on on the edge of your bed away from having no professional goalie 
in your organization. You know what, what could have potentially saved that? Not needing your fucking jersey number in your contract. Now, what they would say to that is that's not our fault. That's Dubas's fault. Maybe he shouldn't run it up against the, uh, the cap so much. Well. Well. I mean. <laughs> yeah, see, th- the thing is, is that it's not the $63 million for Jesper, Jesper Bratt. I mean, that's cool that it added up to him. And that works. And that's a great deal. But you're right. The extra little bit on the end does yep. actually make a difference. And anybody saying that doesn't, when you're running up against the cap, everything makes that, a difference. That, that 93 plus 34 is over $100,000. Yeah. That every single year, the Leafs don't have to play with. And when they're playing with every single dollar, $100,000 plus $1,000 means something. Well, and especially around the trade deadline when those numbers multiply, right? Because it's, yep. it's not just flat the whole year, right? Like you can, there's a reason why you can't, Bring in a $7 million guy uh, at the beginning of the season, but all of a sudden uh, you can bring him in unretained at the trade deadline. It's because there's only so much left and there's, mo- there's it's a complicated thing. But at the end of the day, it does make a difference over the course of the year. And someone very rightly pointed out, well, what about Roman Yossi with his new contract, which I think is $9 million and $59,000 because he wears the number 59. Also fucking stupid. <laughs> also fucking stupid. It's across the board. It's pretty stupid. But you know what the it predators? Is an odd, it is an odd thing to want. It is an odd. I, mean, thing I didn't to hate want. it at first, but now that the more no, I think that's, about it, I'm like, yeah, that's like fifty nine thousand dollars that doesn't go to somebody else, or that's fifty nine thousand dollars that your team now doesn't have the room to play with just because you want to do a funny thing in your contract. And what do we think? He came down from nine point one. Stop. No. Stop. Stop. What are we doing here? It's a $9 million deal, and you decided to tack on $59,000 to fuck with people. Because of what? Dude, If and, and you know what? You know what the Nashville Predators did not have to do? Play with some fucking random on the bench. Backing up UC Soros while they're trying to fight for their playoff lives. Hey, Jet Alexander got ice time. Earned it. Yeah, and then people got mad about yeah, it. Yeah, Chris Weidman. Me. 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 They'll get what they do. I, I cannot believe I have to explain this. Um, the Senators are going to arbitration with Alex DeBrincat, it looks like. Timo Meyer will be going to arbitration with the Devils. Uh, both of it's these guys... Formalities. Formalities. You can Because no one actually ever goes to arbitration, but they're filed. Yeah, Very you need rare. to file it to maintain the player's rights. Um, both of those guys are expected to come in. If you ask DeBrincat, he's expecting $9 million. Timo Meyer's... I think qualifying offers at least nine million, isn't it? Or is it eight? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's, it's, it's high, crazy high. I think it was nine. Um, I, my question to you is, uh, who do you think signs first and therefore sets the market? Because these two guys, I think, are the market setting guys. Are they not on on the wing in the RFA realm? They are. It's interesting. They're two. Ten mil. Ten uh, mil is Timo Myers. Timo Myers. Qualifying Ooh, I would $10 million. Just take it. Just take I, I, Timo Meyer, I think, uh, gets moved. Uh, somebody buys his rights, and then they sign him to a long-term deal. Well, Ooh. okay, so here's here's something to consider. So we keep saying with the Leafs and everything, and you know, with anyone whose contract is expiring, oh, sign short-term, wait for the cap to go up, mm-hmm. and then sign long-term. Is Timo Meyer not completely, perfectly positioned for oh, yeah. this cap situation? Yep. Sign your qualifying offer. Or which I guess isn't available to you because of arbitration, but take the one year deal and then cash in. Mm-hmm. Two years, I would say. Where's this energy? Where's this energy? 
It's, everyone's like, oh, Matthews would be uh, Travis Yost. Oh, Matthews would be an idiot to sign an eight-year contract. Uh, you know what? Devils fans, I'm sorry. I'm going to throw that on Timo Meyer. Take the one-year deal. Slay, King. Get yours. I, Woo! If I were him, I, I might. Old yeah. deep pocket Timo. Let's <laughs> go. You know I what? Would. Now I'm cheering for the player. <laughs> Why Get everything you? you're worth, Timo. Let's go. The two-year makes Come a little on, bit Alex. more sense than the one-year. Yep. Probably do the two-year deal. If you're Timo? Yeah. But the yeah, um the Jesper yeah. back contract's interesting because there Tom Fitzgerald's whole mentality about that was let's get him in under Jack Hughes, which was the eight. Uh and they did that successfully. And it leaves them a little bit more room to where, hey, if we can negotiate with Timo Meyer and get him out of a bit of a discount on a very short term deal like you're talking about, there might be an opportunity here for him to come back to it, the it really does make a difference when you get your best your best player. And Jack Hughes is going to be their best player if he's not already. I mm-hmm. think he's their best player, but uh, it really does make a difference when that first contract from a team perspective does come in at a good number. Like the Knicks, Su- look at the Nick Suzuki contract and and how that's oh, helped makes, the Canadians. It makes me sick. Right? It does. It does it make a difference sick. because it's like, oh, you think you're worth more than that, huh? You think you're worth more than Nick Suzuki? Oh, you think you're worth more than Jack Hughes? No, that's and, nice. Not and on the, this. And team. the pro player crowd was like, oh, I wish he signed for more. I am a pro player. Can I, I read am, you? I'm and and were, you were sad for him, right? <laughs> You're really you were beaten up about for him, but I want them it's to make what they can. Can make. I read you a quote from <laughs> Tom okay. Hit me, Jesse. Hit me, Steve. I hope this really grinds your gears. Thank you, uh, Eric. You hope on Twitter who <laughs> it will. alerted me to this amazing quote. Hmm. Tom Fitzgerald after yes for rat sign. If every player takes every crumb they can they can get, there's not enough money there. He's right. He's right. Like, dude, I'm I'm pro worker, pro union, all those, you know, pe- things that people call me a Trudeau cuck for or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> I, like, but it's a triple hard cap. Yeah, Bill's it's a triple hard cap. There's a salary goddamn cap, and if you want uh, your team to win, you lay your head on your pillow at night and you hope and pray that every team or every player on your team is willing to take an 8-year league men deal. Bill Spaulding uh, on Twitter uh, went on to explain more about what Tom Fitzgerald said. Uh, the quote was, "If every player takes every crumb they can get, there's not enough money there." Said he had good discussions with Brat about team building and Brat and the other top players understand they need money on the table for depth pieces. How? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like opposite Toronto. Okay, cool. You want to go? You want to go, go real tinfoil hat? Let's go, let's go. You want to go real tinfoil hat? Toronto, the team where all the star players took every crumb. And every suspension that comes in, you're like, that was a little long. Hmm. And every penalty that wasn't called or was called, every Wes McCauley game where, oh man, they haven't won. And... No, that's not a thing before promptly officiating a game where they get no penalties somehow. What if the league really, 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 really wanted the Leafs to lose? Especially when it mattered most. Why? Because all their players took every crumb. This league and its leadership no. want no. They want good little boys. They no. want good little boys, good little uh, team players who are going to take. No, I, I said tinfoil hat, didn't I? Yeah, okay, they want okay. they want good little boys no, no, no. who are going to sign for as little as possible for as long as possible because raw raw team. Let's go, my team. Let's go. 
Yeah. And I'm going to leave money on the table so I could win. It, it, okay. <laughs> Let's qualify this. This gets to exist outside of the canon of the STP. Let's, let's roll. Yeah, this is legend. This, this, this is, is a legend, like not so, canon. A character died, but he's going to come back next up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't canon, okay? It's, it's Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Kenny from South Park. Yeah, this isn't a real He death. died, he's back. This yeah. isn't canon, because uh, I want This is fun. Let's do that, because I, th I think you're right. In the terms of the other general managers look at that situation that's happening in Toronto. And I'm going to claim that guy say, off waivers. I'm going to fuck him. They say... I have this, I have Tom Fitzgerald's in there. I have this brat deal to sign this offseason. If Toronto goes out and does this with Matthews making the max and and Willie and Marner, all, all of them taking all this money, that hurts my negotiations. They're probably all sitting there rooting against the Leafs. There's a comedian that I saw <laughs> recently that said, you don't believe any conspiracy theories? <laughs> Stop! You think everyone tells you all the truth? All oh the truth? no! Listen, I don't believe in most of them, but this is what I can get behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a fantasy Dude. football podcast I listen to, and every year they do a episode that they call the Take Purge. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like the purge where one episode we get to just throw out things that that you don't really believe, but like it could be true. And then next episode, you know, we we wipe our hands of it clean. And those things aren't really true. And I think right there, that's a great take purge. Dude, you're the leadership of the National Hockey League. Oh, yeah. Why would you want the Leafs to succeed? It's it because goes, it's it, a fucking huge revenue. Check. No, 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 it go, no but this not, specific form of them where every player took every crumb. Yeah. Why would you want them to? Oh, so Adam, sign the rating as much came as out. you yeah. want, and yeah. everything will work out. I the can't. ratings Bullshit. came out for the Stanley Cup. Bullshit. The ratings came out for the Stanley Cup final. The Leafs versus Tampa did more than the Stanley Cup final. Right. Of course, yeah. That's the least watched Stanley Cup final since 2000. We're, we're rooting for the Leafs, yeah, because the TV ratings and ad revenues will go up as the Leafs are in the finals and all that. No, they don't, they don't care about that stuff. They care about their teams and them winning. Mm -hmm. It's all about your individual team and you getting your name on the Stanley Cup. Right. Because the shit if the ratings are better if the Leafs win. They're looking at it as, hey, that team can't win because that's bad for the game. No... All 31 teams are rooting against the Leafs for the last seven years. I converted you. <laughs> Welcome to the Tinfoil Hat Club. Yep. No, listen. It's I won't make any claim. I will simply leave you with a question, which is what all conspiracy theorists do, by the way. Right, of course. Uh, I love this. They just ask you questions that they don't know the answer to, okay. and neither do you. <laughs> Why would you want the team with all their star players who took every crumb to win? Okay, so moving you run on. run the league. Why would you want that? Moving on to, um, I want to talk about expansion very quickly. Adam, debate me. Uh, actually, no. Before we talk expansion, one last thing on the Flames. I forgot to, I didn't um, I didn't put my uh, notes together properly this morning. Aginla, Jerome Aginla is joining the Calgary Flames. Hey! Forced into it. Forced into hiremen. <laughs> I like that. Julian McKenzie, a big shout out to him. Um, he, he tweeted this on May 21st, something that has come across my mind over the weekend. If the Flames ever wanted to have Jerome McGinley in their organization while he deals with his other commitments, maybe having him as a special advisor would work. And look Woo! at that. He is a special advisor to his buddy, Craig Conroy. And he said there were some business that they've been trying to get done for 20 years. They haven't got done yet. And I was like, yeah, if I was a Flames fan, I'd be jacked to shit hearing that. Maggie, come on, let's go. It's good to be in a good mood. Hey, happy Pride listeners. 
We celebrate pride here at SDPN because we believe that sports are only fun if everyone is welcome. We're also really excited to share that we are once again working with our good friends at the Get Real Movement, and we're joining their fundraising efforts by joining a virtual 5K on June 23rd. The money we raise will be going to Rainbow Railroad. Their mission is to help LGBTQI plus people escape state-sponsored violence. It's an extremely important cause, and we've got a link in the description below. Please check it out and support if you can. And stay tuned as we continue to celebrate Pride Month. We're just getting started. Uh, John LeClaire is also joining the Philadelphia Flyers as a special assistant. And I have a question. And you know, we, we've met John at the uh, Eric Lindros tournament. Really yes. nice guy. Yes. Is this a case of the Flyers collecting more legends to clog up their front office? Kind of like what Steve does with his dolls in his, in his blue room? Or, <laughs> or do you believe that John LeClaire can actually help them get better? When Eric was in, I got the sense that Eric Lindros was fired up about the Flyers. And I'm still surprised he hasn't joined. Well, so they're they're close friends. Uh, I can I can tell you that much. Like I haven't spoken to <laughs> Eric. I haven't spoken to Eric since uh, John Leclerc signed. Um, but like they're they're very close friends. And the, here's here's a story that's relevant because like listen, I can't tell you how John Leclerc is as an executive. I have no idea, right? Um, but uh, here's here's what I can tell you, and this tells you a lot about John Leclerc. And this tells you a lot about his friendship with Eric Lindros. Um, every year for the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic in support of Easter Seals, Leclerc, and Eric told the story on the show, I think, mm-hmm. Leclerc drives to Toronto. Yep. From, I think, I don't know if he lives in Philadelphia or just outside. He lives in Pennsylvania, something like that. Argentina. He dri- well, that's even further. That's it? a really tough drive, but it's yeah. doable. It's, uh, it's possible. I looked at a map. That's far. So he every year he drives however long that is, eight hours, yeah. 16 hours round trip uh, to take part in this charity hockey tournament to play with very, very, very bad bums like me. Yep. <laughs> and also, I mean, most of the skaters are better than me, but yep. including very, very, very bad bums like me. And he always takes time to take as many pictures as possible, sign as many autographs as possible. So... Listen, if you want my opinion on him as a hockey executive, I can't provide it to you. I don't know anything about it. You know, uh, he played in the league for a long time. Uh, he has a borderline hockey Hall of Fame career. There's there's a small contingent of guys um, who do the era adjusted stats who argue he actually should uh, be in the Hockey Hall of Fame because of the numbers he put up in the years that he played in. I, I think he won a cup mm-hmm. with Montreal. Yep. I don't I don't remember. Um, I can tell you, um, really good guy. So, like, personally, um, I'm cheering for him. Um, Flyers fans who have watched this podcast know there hasn't been much with the Philadelphia Flyers that I've rooted for <laughs> yep. in recent memory. That's something I can root for. I'm rooting for them to trade Travis Konechny to the Leafs. I'm also rooting for that. Jesse, um, do you think this is a case of the Flyers actually getting better or clogging up their front office with more legendary pieces that look like statues? Did you write that down? That is my... Uh, that's a, that is not... I wrote the first one down. Leclerc the second one I made up. Built friggin' Ford tough, too. Yeah. Ask you one more time. Just fucking answer the question. No, ask, ask the question. Jesse, I'm going to have yeah. to make this complicated. Yeah. Is this a case of the Flyers... <laughs> actually getting better or are they clogging up their front office 
with more legend traffic? I think I I trust Daniel Briere. When he was up for the job in Montreal, I thought he would have been a great hire. And he's somebody who's long overdue to be in a position of general manager. I think if they're bringing in Le- Leclerc and uh, Sharp, that it was vetted through Briere and that he's going to make the right decisions in this. You know, if if that's what he thinks needs to be done to the front office, we got to get some other voices in here. I know he's an ex-flyer and it looks like it's you're doing the old stuff again, mm-hmm. but I trust Daniel Briere and his decision making. We often criticize teams for just hiring former players and there's validity to that, but that it, it also doesn't mean former players don't know hockey mm-hmm. at all. You know what I mean? And can't be good executives. And I, I will say this. I, I didn't like Chuck Fletcher as a general manager long before he became GM of the Flyers. Oh, that so, goes way back. So he had a re- he had a resume of failure, frankly. Like he had a resume of mediocrity and a resume of not doing the right thing necessarily. And then he got to Philadelphia and really dug into that. Mm-hmm. Like he he made he made some I I went in skeptical and every move he made made me more skeptical. Danny Briere has made one trade um, since joining the Flyers, and it was a home run. The Provorov deal. On paper, it was a home run. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a rebuilding team, whew, that's that's a good deal, man. Uh, we don't know how Cal Peterson is going to rebound, but he got a roster player. Mm-hmm. Um, more money. Uh, more money. He got... Draft picks. Uh, draft capital. Like, so... You're looking for reasons to trust or distrust Danny Breer's judgment with this whole hockey thing. And I mean, based on the first move, I trust his judgment. Ethan Bear will be out six months with a shoulder injury uh, that he suffered at the IIHF World Championships. My question to you is, does this help Vancouver get under the cap for next year? Because they're already oh, over. I didn't even think of that. Uh, so here, here's here's the thing. First of all, I think you're correct. Uh, but second of all, it does nothing to help the Vancouver Canucks because they have aspirations of being better and making the playoffs. And Ethan, no, Bear, if you ask them, they think they already are. Well, they just, yeah. they just got better by not playing. And Ethan Bear um, being injured—that's bad, man. It's it's no good for that right side, especially when they have aspirations of getting rid of Tyler Myers. Right? Um, you're going to need uh, good players back there. Ethan Bear is a good player. Another down one. It's bad. Last question before a press conference. If we've been doing one, are we doing a press conference or are we? Uh, yeah, sure. I got okay. a video to play. Um, uh, Jesse and Steve answer quick. What is your, what's your bet as the next expansion city? Just one, just pick one. What do you think most likely? Hmm. Atlanta. I think Atlanta uh, because. Seems obvious a we, little bit, right? Well, we saw with the Sens, Gary likes the devil he knows over the devil he doesn't. So I thought of Utah. I thought about an excited owner who was excited to acquire an NHL team. And I was like, oh, it's just Jim Balsley. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with uh, Atlanta. Okay. I'm going to throw one in there for you guys that you haven't considered yet. San Diego. Mm-hmm. Stan Kroenke's, uh, who Stan, Stan owns the, the um, he owns the Avalanche, among other... Avalanche, Rams, and Denver Nuggets. That's right. And plus 
Man, I forget which um, soccer team in Europe. He's also married into the Walton family, famously of Walmart. Oh. Walmart. His real estate Broke company yeah. is the reason that Walmart's been so successful and the reason he's been so successful. He would build the Walmarts. Walmart would Walmart the Walmarts, and they've been very successful at that. And he has taken over uh, a new arena project in San Diego. It will be called Midway Rising, 16,000-seat arena, uh, thousands of new housing units, a hotel, retail space, and the ability to house an NBA or and or an NHL team could open as soon as 2025. Can I ask an ignorant question? Um, like, I mean, I think that's most questions on this show anyway. Right. You don't have to ask that. So, well, it's just you seem to have more knowledge of the states than I do. Um, and also you've like you've been to Arizona and everything. So the reason the NHL really wants to hold on to Arizona or a, a big part of the reason is the, the television. It was the television rights. I'm not sure it matters so much anymore because well, that was like a localized thing and local TV's dying. Right. So, well, I'm just looking at a map and San Jose, LA, Anaheim, San Diego, and then you add in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all seem pretty close together. Like relatively I, speaking. Yeah, but that doesn't get the owners the billion dollar franchise tag that they want. Right. Which doesn't go to the players, by the way. No. Only owners get that. So I think uh I think I think that uh I don't think Stan Kroenke's gonna put a new team there, but I think if there's billionaires and there are who would be willing to pay for this, uh I think there's a team going to San Diego in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. I didn't And it's a great it's market. Like, I didn't realize it's right on the border. Yeah, too, yeah, one thing pretty much. It's a great city. One thing they also have as uh as an option is I heard discussed if the Arizona situation can't be solved. They move the Coyotes to San Diego in the meantime, and then an expansion franchise goes back to Arizona. I mean, if they played where the Gulls play, the San Diego Gulls, would it be a bigger arena? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course it would. Maybe. They could have just done that now. Yeah, but I'm talking about this new arena yeah. that's being built. Right. Yeah. So it would be a very good arena. <laughs> it would be very, very interesting to see what happens here. And it really, San Diego lost its its NFL team because it couldn't get a new stadium deal done. I think that they realize it's a great, it's a military town, but it's also a, a tech hub, as a lot of California is. And it's a, it's a great market. It's a gorgeous place to live. Like, if you're a bazillionaire living in San Diego, amazing. So I think San Diego has decided, well, we got to compete with some of these bigger cities. We got to get some arenas in here. And I, I think they're going to get a football team back there, too. It's uh, one of the biggest regrets for my wife and I for our honeymoon. We did California and it was awesome, but we didn't go down to San Diego. Oh, yeah. well, that's too bad. Let's get into the press conference. Can we do it? The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I want to say before we get into the press conference, Adam, can you check your Twitter mentions? <laughs> you said debate me, coward. <laughs> Why yeah. did you say debate? Because I'm a conspiracy theorist. You know? <laughs> and that's what I say to. We everyone. should have a conspiracy theory debate, like a one v you know one v one we dangle. Yeah, one v one, and then just and then have different members of the network debate different things. Yeah, and like you go ahead, you go against CJ, like like with one NHL conspiracy yeah, theory. Maybe one v one. I like. I kind of like that. Yeah. One v one brought to you by SDPN. The NHL wants at least to lose because all their players make a lot of money. Debate me, <laughs> Jesse. Go ahead. 
with the expansion talk, there was also rumors that uh, Houston would cause a little bit of trouble unless the Rockets owner was also involved in the deal because of the arena situation down there. So he apparently needs to be in on the expansion franchise or they would have trouble getting one there. But that's also a market that is definitely going to have a team in the next, I don't know, 10 years. They're going to have 34 NHL teams. And sure sounds like it. It's going to be Houston, Atlanta, some sort of San Diego. Maybe we'll get to 36. Who knows? I'd like that. That's a lot of damn teams. I like that. But you're going to have to extend the playoffs at that point. You are. You can't have 60. Hmm. You, you could it. definitely justify it. Yeah. Yeah. I, then, I think a 20 team playoff. Makes then sure it's like, right. OK, we need this playing tournament thing. You know, I would love that. That's that. Oh, that'd be sexy. You'd have to get Gary around on those. Come issues, on, Gary. Expansion's coming. It's coming, people. All right. Mark Hudak on Twitter uh accepted our hey ask your partner if you're a riz god challenge <laughs> that the sdp started yes. and mark is mark's situation's a little uh particular because his wife is eight months pregnant and he <laughs> bothered her with this terrible question mike so oh my god you're gonna send her to right, labor adam what did you do are you ready i'm ready i'm ready okay go. <laughs> i was bringing up another one that i got go ahead okay Sorry. let's go Nice carpet. It's very lush. A lot of breathing. Mm-hmm. Hey, babe. Cap or no cap? Am I a Riz God for real? <laughs> <laughs> She's so mad at him. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. All that's going through her head. What? All that's going through her head is, I got to raise a kid with this. Can I, yeah, can I marry this I person? Ra- oh, my God. <laughs> All right, well, listen. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a spicy week, so we hope that you had a fun time. We sure did. And we will see you Monday. And don't forget to check out the CJ show because it was an absolute banger. There's a lot of info in there for Flames fans as well. Um, and as the weeks unfold, we're at buyout window, by the way, is open. As of right now, nobody's on waivers, but I don't I don't know who gets bought out. But all I can tell you is that the Leafs are gonna get screwed by it! Debate me! Debate me! <laughs> the Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.